Welcome to the Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. And would you like to grab a seat? Welcome. It's so good to see you. Uh, this is part two of Vision Sunday. And we had an amazing time last week looking at the vision where God is calling us to go as a church community. And if you missed that, you can rewind, you can go online and watch back and catch up with where, um, where we're heading. And our vision is real simple as a church. The vision is Jesus. The vision is Jesus. Amen. We are here because we know that Jesus is alive and he is on a mission to bring hope to the people of East London. And that's what we're praying for, that thousands of people who don't yet know that he's alive would come and experience his life and his love. And that's what we're seeing week in, week out. People who haven't yet experienced, haven't heard the good news, experience the good news for themselves. And a couple of things to orientate you. This is kind of part two. So again, I'd love to draw your attention. If you weren't here last week or you haven't seen one of these, on your seats, there is a Vision Sunday update. This is really important. This is um, not just there to kind of fill the seat. This is for you. We printed it for you specially. And we'd love you to have a little look inside. And it'll tell you a little bit about um, some of the saint, uh, the kind of things that are going on at Saint, um, some data. Uh, the numbers tell you one story. What's really important is the lives these represent, the people who are impacted. And also there's a financial snapshot. And you'll see uh, the expenditure projected the year ahead and the income projected for the year ahead. We do this twice a year. It's kind of a family meeting. And we don't kind of go on about this every week. We say, look, twice a year, we're going to look at the snapshot of where we're at as a church and share the need of the church with the congregation. And you are the, the kind of reserves of the church are in your pockets. You know, this is um, your church and this is your kind of, this is the kind of family meeting to let you know where we're at. And you'll see the gap between expenditure and income, which is the opportunity we have to give today, is currently at £321,207 up to last week. Then last Sunday, we took up the first kind of, well, kind of part one of the offering, and it's kind of a, a bit of a warm-up Sunday, and about 10% of that total was given last week. So we have a, a, quite a mountain to go this week, but we're grateful for God for what he's doing. And I'd love to encourage you to be praying as I speak about how you might play your part if you are part of this community. And even if you're visiting today, treat this as the normal offering. So before we begin, I want to remind us the impact of what God is doing in our moment. This is not about building the church. This is about following Jesus. Our job is to go where we see Jesus moving and be partners with him in what he is doing. So have a little look at the screens. This is so encouraging. Seeing every single person you see on these screens, every number represented, is a life impacted or impacting those around them. This is not... um, business as usual. This is amazing. So have a look at the screens at what's been going on in the last season here at Saint. So good. Thank you, Lord. Today's message is entitled The Generosity Ladder. And I've got a prop. I'm not a big props guy, so it could go horribly wrong. Um, And I want to start with a little bit of vulnerability. If I make no sense today, um, it's because I'm suffering a mild concussion. I'm going to come on to explain why I'm sitting on a stool. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, without over-spiritualizing things, every time we like do vision and gift, um, there is always an amount of opposition that seems to kind of hit our whole team. And it's crazy. Like you should expect blessing to be contested. In fact, I was chatting to a friend of mine, Stephen Foster, um, and he was saying, hey, you know what? It's a bit like this. When when there's blessing, uh, if you imagine this is like a magnet, blessing attracts opposition. 
When there's blessing, God always like blesses, but also you get ready because there's always opposition. Jesus encountered it. You know, it's par for the course, if you like. And the bigger the blessing God wants to do, the bigger the opposition that there often is. And that's true in all of our lives. It's a spiritual dynamic that we as Christians sometimes need to wake up to. And Friday morning, I always set aside Fridays like a day to prepare, um, quiet day, study, to pray, to get ready for Sunday. And I, this Friday, I, was, um, I, I did a kind of chore in the morning. I, I had a chore to do. So I went to the local kind of builder's merchant's sort of DIY store. And I was in one of the aisles, and there was kind of no one around, one of those kind of big places where there's like piled high with stuff. And I'm sitting, oh, I'm standing in the aisle looking at some hinges, I think they were. Um, and suddenly, I find myself completely knocked out on the floor, flat on the floor, surrounded by kind of first aid team and everything. And what happened was the guy had um, been sort of stacking shelves with a, like a, a, a machine loader. And he, it, an accident happened. Basically, he, the machine loader had caught the fascia, which is like the kind of top of the aisle. It's like a five, six meters high and a massive great long plastic panel that's quite thick about an inch thick had come whacking down like when you flick a ruler and had landed smack on my head like the hard end of it on my head and I was like literally looking back at it it was really I mean had it been anything else than like foamy plastic I would have not been here this morning but so I'm lying on the floor and um, the kind of paramedics are doing their thing the kind of responders first aid people are doing their thing and I'm like hey you know they called my wife they called Liv on the phone and um, Liv says to me, you know, hey, where are you? So I, I'm, I'm in the uh, aisle looking at hinges. She said, why are you calling me? I said, well, it, you know, the, there's been a little bit of an accident. Um, you know, um, uh, and, and she said to me, well, hang on a minute. And we talked about it. And she said to me, Al, what are you meant to be doing today? I said, I'm meant to be writing a talk. She says, is it the week between vision and gift? I'm like, yeah, actually, it's gift day this Sunday. She's like, this explains what's going on right then. So anyhow, long story short, I'm totally fine. Um, I've got a mild concussion, a bit of whiplash, best ever whiplash I've ever had, um, and delighted to be here today. Thank God I'm here today. I kind of feel grateful. No, well, you know, um, without getting too, um, too excited, uh, it made me really think, no, God must be wanting to bless what we're doing today, because I was like, I'm not going to not preach on Sunday about what I feel God's called us to talk about and look at today. And it's not just me. In fact, Kaz, who leads our worship team this morning, texted me this morning. I'm going to bring the text up on the screens. Um, Kaz said this. This is, tell me it's Giving Sunday without telling me it's Giving Sunday. And that is a picture of Kaz's car that got broken into overnight. Um, so the struggle spiritually is real. But I know that what I'm going to share with you today is really important because it is contested. And when God wants to bless, there's always opposition. So also, disclaimer, if I make absolutely no sense today, it's maybe because I'm a mild concussion and I should probably um, just wrap up and uh, we can all go home. Um, I want to speak to the leaders in the room today. I want to speak to those of you who are here who are leaders. There are four categories of leaders in this place. There are those who know you are a leader. Maybe you're involved in leadership in the church. Maybe you're involved in the leadership at work. Maybe you have a, a role where you help to manage or encourage or give away to others. Secondly, those who aspire to lead. Maybe you would like to grow as a leader. Maybe you know God has called you and purposed you to lead. Thirdly, there are reluctant leaders here. Maybe you're like, I, I don't know if I'm a leader, you know. Jesus, you know, he came to serve. Well, yeah, that's the point. You know, if you were going to serve someone, 
your life is going to make an impact. If you're here and you've got breath in your lungs, you're a leader. And then there are fourth category of leader is those maybe who are brand new. And you're like, well, I don't know whether I, I'm here to lead. I'm just, I'm, I'm here. You know, I'm just starting out. Those of you who know your leaders, today I believe God wants to encourage you to be bold in your leadership. Those of you who aspire to lead, today I believe God wants to encourage you to step up with courage as a leader. Third, those of you who are reluctant to lead, I believe today God, by his word, is going to strengthen you to lead. And fourthly, those who are brand new, I believe today God's going to call you to step in and begin to lead. And the area of leadership I want to talk about is leading through generosity. Leading through generosity. The generosity ladder is what we're going to look at. And as we begin, let's look at a passage in Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 28, verses 20, and then 29, verses 5 to 9. I'm going to read this to us, and it'll come up on the screen as well. David said, also said to Solomon his son, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? Maybe the Lord is asking you that question. And then verse 6 continues. Then the leaders, notice the word leaders, of the families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands, commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. They gave towards the work on the temple of God. 5,000 talents, 10,000 darics of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, 100,000 talents of iron. Anyone who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehiel the Gershonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we are here for such a time as this. I pray today you'd help us be strong and courageous and do the work of generosity today. Help us to lead without fear or discouragement in Jesus' name. Consecrate us by your spirit, we pray. Amen. Life is short. You and I have a short period of time allotted to us here on earth. If you're here and you put your trust in Jesus, the Bible tells us that this life is not the end, that we'll be with Jesus forever. And can I encourage you, if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you're not assured of the eternal destiny of your soul, do not leave today, do not switch off today without having made your peace with God. A little later in the service, we'll have an opportunity to respond in giving. But if you're here and you don't yet know Jesus, or you're not sure where you're heading in life, give your life today. Be assured of your destiny. Make your peace with God. Because life is short, and the most powerful thing you can do is to give your life to Jesus. But for those of us who know where we're going, when we look back at our lives from the perspective of eternity, we're going to notice a few things about our money and our resources. Let me clear. One day, you'll stand on the shore of eternity, and you'll look back at your life. And there will be three things you're going to notice about your money and your resources. Number one, what we earn and accumulate this side of heaven, this side of the grave, 
stays this side of the grave. You don't get to take it with you. Number one. Number two, there is an exception to this rule. Financial planners' ears are pricking up. According to Jesus, his words, not mine, that which we give this side of the grave in service to him is repaid by him on the other side of the grave many times over. In other words, the best financial planning we can do to steward our resources for eternity, and we are a people of eternity, is to learn to develop the practice of generosity. If you want to keep it, give it away. Second thing. Third thing, we'll look back from eternity at our lives and we'll notice is that we will never have regretted the times we acted with generosity. We'll only regret the times we failed to act with generosity. So how do we lead with generosity? And again, I want to speak to the leaders here today, and, and pretty much all of us lead. Well, generosity involves courage. It says in the Word of God in Chronicles, be strong. Let's have that scripture up, Vonnie, please. Be strong and courageous and do the work. What's the work? Here it was building the temple. Today, the people of God, the work of God, the kingdom of God, we are a living temple. The work we're involved in is God's great building work among us. And if you look at this stuff, you know that the numbers in here, these aren't accidents. They are because you and I, we are involved in the work of God. You know, when we talk about 305 people have made commitments to follow Jesus in the last year, that's exciting. You know, there's a 305 people who stand looking back from eternity going, thank you guys that you were here, that you opened up your doors, you invited me in. This stuff is exciting because it's God's work. We can't do it on our own. We announced last week the exciting news about Margate. Mark is here today. Grab him if you can later on. It's so exciting seeing what God is going to do there. Now is the time for us as a community to show courageous leadership in the area of generosity. So I want to unpack this using the analogy of a ladder. Learning to lead with generosity is a little bit like learning to climb a ladder. Now, it's not probably a good idea I do this this Sunday, but hey, we plan to do it. And here's a ladder. <laughs> it takes courage to step onto a ladder. You know, is it going to hold my weight? Is it safe? Is it secure? Is it a good idea? The first step on the ladder is like the initial time you give. The initial giver. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you've never given into the work of God before. And in one sense, the most important step on a ladder is that first step. Taking that first step onto the ladder of giving breaks the power of money over your life. It breaks the idol of money, the hold money has. When we learn just a step in a little bit of generosity, we find, okay, no, the world hasn't stopped. I'm still here. It can hold me. I can hold it. You know, we're good. 
But honestly, that first step is the hardest. Often the last part of our lives to be converted is our wallet. We're like, oh, we'll hang on to that because it's, you know, it's security. And don't get me wrong, like we want you to experience, every one of us, freedom in the area of finances. If you're struggling with debt, if you're, if you're like, I don't know how to look after my money, get some help. There are loads of great resources. We run a money course here. There's debt counseling we can offer you. But God wants us to be free, not to have money as the God of our lives, but to have God as the God of our money. So first thing, first thing I want to encourage you, maybe today, you're just going to make that initial step onto the giving ladder, the ladder of generosity. Start somewhere. Then the next step up the ladder is the intentional giver. We have over 400 people now who intentionally give regularly here as part of the church. And the numbers vary from a tiny amount to some significant sums. In a sense, that the number is between you and God. But starting to give intentionally changes our relationship with generosity. We're not like, you know, I don't know if you're married here, but if, um, if you're married and, and the partner you're married to didn't return your phone calls after the first date or didn't text you back, you wouldn't be here today. Relationships involve ongoing commitment, involve, you know, ongoing faithfulness, life, love. So maybe for some of us today, we've maybe dabbled with generosity, or we've given a little bit every now and then, but we're not quite sure we are ready. Today, maybe as a leader, this is a moment for you to step up and move from initial giving to the second rung of the ladder, which is intentional giving because the truth is most of us are pretty regular with our bank statements if you look at your bank statement your bank statement will tell you what you value Jesus says your treasure is where your heart is in other words where you look for your bank statement you're like I can tell you what you're worshiping Jesus says would someone be able to tell that you and I are followers of Jesus they looked at our bank statement it's a good question you know, what would a theologian or a sociologist tell you about your heart if they looked through your numbers? Well, they had a, a pretty hefty data contract on their phone, so, you know, the phone is quite important. Or, or they never missed a Spotify or a Netflix payment for 13 years. Like, that was super, that was obviously the key part of it, or the gym, that was a key part of their lives. And if there's anything left, maybe we'll be intentional about that with God. We are, if we're honest in our culture today, pretty obedient to the gods of technology, of entertainment, of materialism. But we don't want that to outdo our obedience to the living God. We want Jesus to be first, the Lord of all our lives. And the truth is, he's not Lord of all of our lives until he's Lord of our money. And the best way to start in this area is simply to start. The biggest cause of compromise in the area of generosity is failure to launch. We're like, we get on the ladder, we're like, okay, well, it, that was good, that's a, a moment, but there's quite a lot of other things I need to, there's a lot to focus on. I'm, I'm going to maybe dabble a little bit, but I'm not going to, okay. Actually, when you start to become intentional, it changes your relationship with God. It changes your transactional relationship with money. It's like, I'm not going to be governed by my money. I'm choosing to be intentional with my generosity. To paraphrase Bunyan, the road 
to compromise is paved with good intentions. Do not let your good intentions rob you from great generosity. Don't fail to launch. Turn intention into action today. So that's the second step on the ladder. Initial, intentional, and then the third step is to move from intentional to faithful giving. So I'm going to choose to give faithfully. And let me unpack this a little bit for us. This will be those who are looking to develop the discipline of giving a proportion of their income. That's what faithful giving means. The biblical model is that we give 10% of our income to God. That was the rule in the Old Testament. They're like, if you grew herbs in your garden, you would have to take 10% of that rosemary and give it to God. Like anything you did, you took 10% of it. Now, that was the law. It was like if you broke the law, you'd get in trouble. Now, in the New Testament, we are freed from the law. Not so that we can ignore the law, but Jesus frees us from the law, not to negate the law, but in order that we might be able to exceed the law in generosity. In other words, in the New Testament, when you come to Jesus and your life is in his hands, you're not like a 10%. You're like 100% of who I am belongs to Jesus. I died on the cross with Jesus. I rose with Jesus. When Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, I'm seated at the right hand of the Father. My life, as Paul says, is hidden in Christ. In other words, everything we are belongs to Jesus. 100% of our money belongs to Jesus. So the question is not like, what do I have to do? What do I have to give? Where do I get, what can I get away with? The question is, Lord, what of the money that you've given me that's yours do you want me to keep to live off? God is able to trust us with his money when we are prepared to trust him with it in return. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, in 1731 began to limit his expenses so that he would have more to give. He recorded that one year his income was 30 pounds and his living expenses, his cost of living, he worked out his bills, his rent, what he needed to eat, all the stuff, clothes. You know, he worked out what he needed to live on. And he worked out that his cost of living was 28 pounds. So he had two pounds to give away. So he gave it away. The next year, his income had doubled but he still lived on 28 pounds and he chose to give 32 pounds away. In the third year, his income jumped again to 90 pounds. He lived on 28, he gave 62 away. In the fourth year, he made 120 pounds. He lived on 28 pounds, he gave 92 pounds to the work of God. One biographer wrote this. He believed that with increasing income, the Christian standard of giving should increase alongside a standard of living. He began this practice at Oxford and he continued it throughout his life. Even when his income rose into the thousands of pounds, which of those this is quite a lot of money, he lived simply and quickly gave any surplus money he had away. One year his income was slightly over 1,400 pounds. He gave it all away, save 30 pounds. He was afraid of laying up treasures on earth, so the money went out in charity as quickly as it came in. I love that picture, that we would get our money so sorted We'd work out how to live that we might be able to be generous with our lives. And the thing is, God clearly trusts Wesley. He knows that if he gives him more, he's not going to hoard it. He's going to give it, be able to use it for the kingdom. Maybe you're a regular, intentional giver. And you give regularly, but it's like, it, it, it's like a subscription. That's wonderful, but maybe it's a moment to be brave and say, actually, you know what, I'm going to step up and trust 
that in giving faithfully, proportionately, God is able to handle my finances. I'm going to trust that I can be faithful because God is faithful. That I can be obedient because God was obedient to death. That Jesus gave. God so loved the world, John 3.16, that he did what? He gave. So God has already done it. All we do is respond to it. And again, hear me out here. The most important thing in this area is that we're conscious about freedom in the area of our finances. If you're struggling, get help so that you can plan in order to be generous, in order to make sure your life is an outward flow rather than inward flow. And then the next rung on the ladder is the radical giver. This is where people have a specific ministry to give radically and sacrificially. And this isn't all of us. But there are going to be people who God raises up who have this gift. I know there are people in this room, in this community, who have this calling. You're called to use your talents and abilities that God has given you in this area to do extraordinary things with your money. One recent gift day, I had no idea how God was going to provide for the needs of the community. And uh, we'd done Vision Sunday, and in between Vision Sunday, we'd had a bunch of people who like, signed up to give, and somebody offered a really generous gift, and, and then they wrote in the week, and I got an email from the team who said, um, oh, pass on a message, they'd offered to help, but for very good reasons, basically they changed their mind and said, actually, do you know what, we're not going to give a gift after all. And Mark... Nelson, who's here today, was like joking. He wrote me this thing. He said, just thought I'd send you this to encourage you as you prepare the giving tour, part two of the vision thing. And I was like, thanks so much. That's really encouraging. I was sitting there looking at it. And then into my inbox, I was sitting there, came this second email from somebody completely different, a couple in, in the church. And they said this, hey, Al, just a quick note, re-gift day. We should be in a position to give. And they wrote this, this number, I'm not going to read it out, but it's a significant sum of money. Um, we wanted to mention it to you so you can count on it and see it as an encouragement to keep going, hang in there. Isn't God faithful? Yeah, God will work it out. All we have to do is lead, be brave. And one of the things I love about those who exercise radical generosity is that they are never grumpy about it. They always have this twinkle in their eye. They're like, they know the secret that it's like God has given them the extraordinary privilege and ministry of being involved in moving God's money for God's purpose. An amazing thing. And the thing is, you don't have to, um, it's not a money thing. Hear me on this. It's a heart thing. You know, the most radical giver in the New Testament among the people Jesus ministers to, is the widow who gives the mite, the smallest coin. It wasn't a very large amount of money. But it says, Jesus says, actually, she gave everything she had. What an amazing thought that Jesus is like, look at this person. It's not about the money. It's about the heart. It's about being obedient to God. I wonder if you might be called by God to be a radical giver, a radical leader in the area of generosity. And I wonder what stepping up the ladder would look like for you. You know, we're going to pray in a moment and we're going to have a chance to respond and fill in these cards together. And the reason we do this corporately, you know, we could do a QR code and all go and do it at home. We could send you an email. But there's something about responding together 
that raises faith in each other. Like in that passage, the leaders gave willingly, the people responded. We'll look at that in a moment. But the reason we fill these out together in a digital age, we get a pen out and we do it, it's, it's an act of choice, an act of our worship. We do it in the context of worship. And maybe you're here today and like today, you're going to choose to become an, in, an initial giver. We want to celebrate that. That is a huge step in the ladder of generosity. That's wonderful. If God is calling you today, don't miss that moment. Maybe you're already an initial giver, and today God is calling you to start to give intentionally, like to give regularly into the life of the work here. And again, that is an amazing thing to do. Start, choose to set up like a monthly thing or start to give regularly. And it will change your perspective. You won't have to wrestle with your soul every minute. Oh, do I give? Do I not give? You just, that's what we do. We give, it comes out of our bank account before anything else comes out of our bank account. At the start of the month. Not at the end of the month. I've got anything left over. So look, intentional giving. Some of you here today are going to choose you that. There might be some of you here today who give intentionally already but it's not really proportionate. It's like a subscription along with many other things. Well, there's Spotify, there's Netflix, there's my phone, there's, well, you know, there's the gym, there's all the other things I do. Today, maybe God is calling you to step up and lead in the area of generosity and move from intentional to be a faithful giver. Start to give in accordance with God's word and God's call on your life. And then for others here today, maybe there's a moment where actually you know God has called you to make a difference. You've got a vision. Maybe you have got a vision for creating wealth. Maybe you started a business. Maybe you've got a vision for even with a little you have that you want to be radically generous. It's not about having lots and lots of money. It's having a really big heart. Maybe God has put on you today a vision for radical generosity. What is it that we can give? How can we give radically? And maybe today that's a moment where you're going to choose to step from being a faithful giver to a radical giver. Let me tell you, the view from up here is really exciting. <laughs> you know, that's the place where we're into the, the, the realm of the miraculous, where God uses those moments to answer prayers. Like the widow or the person who emails me and says, hey, we're going to commit to give a significant gift to help this work. And maybe some of you here today, you know you're called to make a difference. You've got vision for your life. But have you got a vision to be radical in your leadership in the area of generosity? I believe, yes, God is stirring that in you. But today is a moment to say, let's begin. So let me ask you the question today. Where would you find yourself on that giving ladder? Over the years, one of the wonderful things that I get to do as director here is watch people grow in their journey of generosity when they learn to trust God with their money. And one of the hallmarks of awakening, of revival, of what God is doing in our generation is this, a release of leadership in the area of radical generosity. That's why today I'm speaking to you the leader, that this is a moment to step up in radical generosity. Every move of God is preceded by radical generosity. It is fueled by radical generosity, and it is followed by radical 
generosity. One of the hallmarks of revival is that the leaders begin to lead. Now understand this, this comes from a consecration of the heart, not from a persuasive preacher with a microphone. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. Look with me at verse 5 of chapter 29. David said this, Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? I want us to be ready, revival ready as a church. That's what I've been preaching about the last six, nine months. Us being ready to see many people come to know Jesus. And the reality is life looks like obedient generosity in this area. The response is that the leaders gave first. They lead. Look with me. It continues. Then the leaders of the families. Notice the word leaders. The leaders lead in generosity. The leaders of the families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, commanders of thousands, commanders of hundreds, the officials in charge of the king's work. In other words, every section of the room. What did they give? They gave how? Willingly. Not begrudgingly. Not grumpily. Not through fundraising initiatives or campaigns. They gave willingly because they knew it was God's work. And this releases avalanche of generosity just as the widow's might releases the millions in the early church something radical happens now notice this the next verse verse 9 the people rejoiced at the willing response of who of their leaders for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the lord so now is the time to lead in generosity what kind of leader are you today? Maybe you're already leading. Could this be a moment to stretch, to move from subscription to generous proportionate giving? Maybe you're aspiring to lead, to grow as a leader. Maybe you're new to church. This is an amazing way to begin that journey. Today, could, could this be a moment for you to start to give intentionally? And maybe you're reluctant to lead. You're putting it off. You're unsure if God can be trusted. Or... There are always a hundred excuses. Can I just encourage you, step on the ladder today. Don't be held back by your excuses. Let your courage outweigh fear in the area of your finances. We're not going to look back from heaven with regret at what we gave. We'll only look back with regret at the things we were too afraid to give to Jesus. Today, I believe God is saying to each of us here today, be strong and courageous and do the work. Imagine what will happen. You know, this is not a game. This is not a drill. This is people's lives. 4,807 people cared for at Lighthouse in 2023. Just think about that for a moment. Thousands of people experiencing hope. Those young people, 500, over 500 Nought to 18s engaging here each week now. These are people's lives being impacted. The hundreds on Alpha. People joining our services. Now 14 services across six locations today. It's so amazing, but none of it's possible unless we lead. No one else is going to lead. It's up to you. You're a leader. Time to lead. Time to step up in generosity. And when we do this, when we give willingly, and courageously, the people rejoice. God gets the glory, and the rest is history. Amen. Okay.
I'm going to sit down again. <laughs> um, I'd love us to take a moment to pray. And we're going to have a chance to respond. And like I said, we're going to do this corporately with, with a card, not because um, you aren't high tech and you can do it on a QR code and all of that stuff, but uh, there's something spiritually significant about responding together. The first thing I'd love to encourage is, is those here today who don't yet know Jesus. Maybe you wandered in and you're like, I don't know what I think about Jesus. Let me tell you this. The most significant new thing you can do today is to choose to give your life to him. And I'm going to pray in a moment, a simple prayer. I'd love to encourage you today. If there's one person here who doesn't yet know him, give your life to him today. Don't go into eternity uncertain about where you're headed. But for the rest of us, what I'd love to do as we, as we wait is I'm going to pray and, and invite us to consider how we might lead with generosity. For some of us, that's going to mean making some decisions. But don't be guided by me. Be guided by the Holy Spirit. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, each of you should give what you've decided to give in your heart. In other words, not under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver, is what the Bible says. So let the Lord speak to you heart to heart as, we, as we're still. Let's pray. Father, I want to start by giving anyone here an opportunity who doesn't yet know you to come to know you. I'm going to pray a real simple prayer. It goes, thank you, sorry, please. Thank you that you died on a cross for me. Just echo that in your heart. Lord, I'm sorry for all the things I've got wrong. There's guilt or shame. Just bring it to the cross right now. Now, please, would you come and fill me with your Holy Spirit? So as I walk out of here into the rest of my life, I would live for you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.